As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Just Go With It podcast. And if you are new here, welcome. My name is Jasmine. I am a certified life coach, content creator, and the host of this podcast where we talk about all things lifestyle, wellness, and self-growth. So I'm really excited for today's episode. As you could tell by the title, we have a special guest with us. I've mentioned this before in previous episodes where I've had guests come on that I'm very, very selective and intentional with who I choose to bring onto the podcast. I know there are some podcasts out there that are more interview style, but that's never been me with my podcast. I started this podcast in 2018 as a therapeutic outlet for myself and as a way to share and track my personal growth journey, how I'm navigating different stages in my life, lessons that I'm learning, and just sharing with you all my own insights and things like that. So when I do decide to bring someone on, I want to make sure that they are someone who truly aligns with my mission, with my purpose, and someone who I think you all can gain so much value and insight from as well. So that's why my interviews are a little bit far and few in between. So today we are chatting with Hannah Ashton. Hannah is a 23-year-old successful YouTuber, entrepreneur, and the founder of Dream Daily, a stationary brand designed to help women create the life of their dreams and in this episode we are diving deep into hannah's journey as a young business owner her tips for starting your own brand how to maintain healthy habits and stick to routines that support your goals and your overall well-being this is definitely an episode where you want to take notes and re-listen to a few times because hannah drops some amazing real life lessons and tips that i think are so valuable for anyone whether you want to start your own brand one day or you want to learn how to create routines that support your overall well-being and create healthy habits and just change your lifestyle in any way this is the episode for you so i really hope that you enjoy this conversation and if you do i would so appreciate if you could screenshot this episode post it on your instagram stories tag me in it so i can thank you for listening share this episode with anyone who you think can benefit from this conversation and if you wish to support the podcast and support me i would also appreciate if you could check out our sponsors for today's episode And if you want to give Hannah a follow, check out her brand, Dream Daily. All of the links to everything that we discuss in today's episode will be linked in the show notes. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Hi, Jasmine. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to get into our conversation today. I know that you have a lot of insightful tips and gems that the audience will really appreciate. And just hearing your journey, I know that it'll inspire so many of us. I just want to start off by giving you your flowers and congratulating you for all the success that you've had from your YouTube channel, successful influencer, to starting your own brand. And that's something to be so proud of. Aside from your amazing accomplishments. I really want to get into who you are as a person, what led you to begin this journey that you are on, and what motivates you to be so driven in your life. Well, first off, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you to say. I think I'm sure you feel the same. You sometimes forget what you've accomplished because you're always focused on the next big thing. So I do think it's so important to reflect and be grateful for the experiences so far. But yeah, I I love this question of kind of figuring out where it all started because for me, it's very obvious where it all started. I found the world of YouTube when I was 10 years old and just loved Mm -hmm. the community on there. I loved just posting videos about my American Girl dolls. That was my first channel because not because I wanted to be an influencer. That word wasn't even out there 12 years ago, but I literally just wanted to connect with like-minded girls online and talk about things that we love and kind of a way to escape, you know, after school and have a, have a digital hobby, which is super cool. And as for entrepreneurship, I didn't know it then, but I always kind of had that entrepreneurial bug. Maybe if you're listening, you kind of know that you've had it as well. When I was a kid, I was always doing lemonade stands. I would ask parents with younger girls if I could, you know, do their makeup, like have a little princess party for them and be paid for that. And then as I did YouTube and realized, you know, you can monetize your social platform. I started doing that in middle school and then in high school found the world of like women entrepreneurship, online courses and podcasts and books. And absolutely fell in love with with that world and did like a YouTube consulting business in high school. And I quit that before I went to college, but I studied entrepreneurship in college too, which, you know, is a unique major. So it's kind of that entrepreneurial book has followed me throughout my life. And here I am today where I'm an influencer YouTuber, but also a business owner. I have a stationary brand called Dream Daily, and I do those things um, full time now. So it's crazy to look back and see that you know, 10-year-old Hannah loved the digital entrepreneurship space as much as 23-year-old Hannah, even if I didn't even know it back then. That's amazing. It sounds like you were meant to do what it is that you're doing now. And I think it's such a special thing to have discovered that at such a young age. I can only imagine, you know, where you'll be even 10 years from now, seeing where you are today. What was it like growing up 
and having this sort of entrepreneurial mindset and just being so driven at such a young age and having a YouTube channel at 10 years old because I'm sure that shaped your childhood. So what was that like growing up? Yeah, I always say I'm so thankful because my parents were very supportive of all of this. Um, They're both creative and entrepreneurial. My dad, ever since I've been alive, has always, you know, um, had his own business. Like Mm -hmm. our our whole family's income is off of his business. And my mom was a dancer, actress, like a creative. And so I always had that supportive background growing up. So I was always told to try things, which I think is something that I try to then put through in my content. I want to share with my kids, like, just try something. If you don't like it, that's fine. But just try it to say, Mm -hmm. you know, you tried it. So um, I'm very thankful that I had that aspect. But on the other end, like you said, starting a YouTube channel so young, even though my first channel, I didn't really show my face. I was young. Um, It wasn't until maybe middle school when I was like 12 or 13 that I started like showing my face, becoming that personality online. And it was weird because I went to a small school. I'm from East Tennessee. So YouTube was not a thing over here. Like, (laughs) um, and I would follow all these girls who lived in California and LA and was like, oh my gosh, people get it out there. And I wish I lived out there because um, when I tell, you know, at the time I was so worried about what boys thought of me, you know, at 13 mm-hmm. years old. And I was like, if I, they found out, like I had a blog and then I had a YouTube channel about makeup, I was so embarrassed. And so I didn't want to, didn't want to tell anyone. Um, and I think that definitely shaped how I was and kind of how proud I was of it at the time. It was something I, I maybe wasn't as proud of as I should have been because mm-hmm. it was so different. Um, but I'm thankful that I, I didn't get a ton of bullying to my face. Who knows what people were saying behind my back mm-hmm. throughout school and high school doing this. But at the time, you know, I kind of just kept on doing it. I kept on uploading. I have like thousands of videos on YouTube by this point um, and just stuck with it. And obviously my content changed over the years. I went from American Girl Doll videos to like beauty, fashion, lifestyle. And then later in high school, kind of found my niche of productivity, time management. Um, and in college, I shared like college life and entrepreneurship. But yeah, it definitely was weird growing up posting your life online. It's cool to look back on it now, but you, your mind automatically kind of thinks about content. Like whenever mm-hmm. I'm out, you know, you you may feel the same way. It's like, okay, could this be a post? Like how I'm feeling this right now. Let me talk about it in tomorrow's video. And it, that's just how my brain works now because I've been doing it for so long. I totally resonate with that. There is definitely a struggle with finding that balance between working because your life is work so I definitely want to get into that a little bit later but I do want to say that it's so amazing to hear that you had such supportive parents especially you know with YouTube at the time being so new no one knew you know what it would turn into so I'm really happy to hear that you had that support at such a young age obviously it's paid off being where you are today so and I know so you started off as a YouTuber, create content, influencing and doing all that. And now you have your own stationary brand, Dream Daily, which is such a beautiful brand. And I want to get into what inspired you to go from influencing and doing what you've been doing for years to creating your own brand. And how did you know that was the right next step for you? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because I know today you know it seems like everyone is starting a podcast everyone is doing a brand everyone is becoming an influencer which there's nothing wrong with those things but i think people can feel pressure to have to do those things because they see everyone else doing it and so i just want to know how did you know that that was the right move for you and it wasn't something that you felt you had to do 
Yeah. No one's phrased this question this way because I, it was 2018 when I had the idea for dream daily. So it was a little bit before all of the influencers started doing brands. I feel like now it's every day. It's a new launch, which Mm -hmm. is exciting. I love that kind of stuff. Um, And obviously there were influencers who had brands, clothing brands, collabs, but it wasn't as popular. And I actually had a podcast before that. I started a podcast in high school. So Mm. for some reason, I feel like I've always been kind of at the cusp of these these trends. And maybe that's just from me starting YouTube so young. By the time I was in early college, I had been doing YouTube for, I don't know, six, seven years. Mm -hmm. And so I loved it, but it wasn't exciting anymore. And if you have that entrepreneurial bug, like you kind of get bored easily with things, you want to try new stuff, you want to see if something will work. Like I just love to problem solve and try things out. And so uh, at the time it was my freshman year, first semester. And I was like, okay, I kind of got this like college thing figured out. I'm doing YouTube, but I want something else like a passion project. And I thought about what I would want to do. And I wanted to create a product for my audience that helped them in their daily lives. The videos that have always done well on my channel are like my morning and night routines, Mm -hmm. my wellness routines. At the time I was sharing like how to be a successful college student and get good grades, but also take care of yourself and start a side hustle if you want to do that. And so I thought, let me create a physical product that's kind of like my content in a book. And so it was called and still is called the Dream Achieve Workbook. It's a six-month undated planner. So it helps you set those goals and figure out kind of your dreams. That's the dream half. And then the achieve half is the six-month undated planner that walks you through like, here's how to write your to-do list. Here's how to time block for the day. Here's how to, you know, plan content or your workouts and your meals. Just kind of a get your life together book. Um, And so I had that idea in 2018. I worked on the product all of my freshman year and launched it the summer in between my freshman and sophomore year. So that was June of 2019. Um, And there's a lot of things I would go back and change about that first launch, how I would do it now that I see other influencers doing these big brand launches. Um, But I think I wasn't feeling like I had to do it because I was just so excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you at the beginning is when you should be the most excited about it. I mean, it's the most fun. You're coming up with ideas. So I feel like if you're an influencer or a content creator and you're like, oh, I want to start a podcast or I want to start a brand or I want to start a Patreon, like whatever it is, make sure there's excitement there because if it's if you're already dreading it, it's probably not the right path for you. And that's how I ended up going with podcasting. I stopped my podcast in 2020 just because it started to feel a little bit like a burden, like, oh, another piece of content every week. And I was like, you know what? This isn't how I'm supposed to be putting my time towards. I would rather put it towards my business or or YouTube. And so I stopped and I love going on podcasts now. I still get like the feel for it through mm-hmm. that. But, you know, I decided it's not for me anymore. And I don't I don't have to do everything because it's kind of impossible to do everything, especially when you're starting out. So make sure that there's like none of that dread feeling going into it, just excitement at the start. And then, um, you know, you'll kind of get your groove for it. And yeah, don't feel like you have to do everything. (laughs) Absolutely. So it sounds like you're really in tune with like your intuition and how you're feeling towards certain projects. And I think it can be difficult to let go of something that you once really were passionate about or loved. And I think that's an important lesson to learn within your career or any aspect of your life is to listen to what excites you and what you feel inspired to do. Yes, absolutely. Like when I started my podcast, I think 2017, I was so excited about it. 
mm-hmm. the time I it was like a business focused podcast, which probably wasn't the best niche um, because I was young and most high schoolers don't really care about starting a business. <laughs> uh, so I maybe should have done a little bit of a different niche. I could do a business podcast now, possibly, but you know, it's just it just wasn't the right time. And I'm I'm proud of myself for kind of pushing the pause button. Mm-hmm. And I feel like journaling and I've always been someone who's very self-aware. That's why I loved reading like self-help books when I was younger and figuring out what routine is going to work best for me, what workouts I should do for my body. I've just always loved like figuring myself out like that. Um, But I definitely think it's helpful when you're trying to figure out what to prioritize in your life too. Absolutely. I completely agree. And it sounds like the transition from the content, the type of content that you created to the type of brand that you decided to create was very in alignment. It all, it kind of makes sense for you. So what was the transition like from being a YouTuber, influencer, creating content to starting your own brand? I always tell people starting a brand is way more expensive than being Mm -hmm. a content creator. There are so many upfront costs that I paid for all out of pocket. I completely bootstrapped the company with money I saved from doing content creation, um, which I'm, again, thankful that I was able to make that money in high school and save it and whatnot. Um, Because yeah, content creation, you can start with just your phone. Um, Mm -hmm. Literally now with TikTok, especially like with YouTube, you were like, oh, you need a little bit of a camera maybe and like an editing software. Now with TikTok and Instagram, you can just do it all from your phone, very low cost. um, And there's a lot of money to be made in it. But with having a business, there's a lot of upfront costs and you probably aren't going to see a profit. You're not going to pay yourself for it. Usually the statistic is like two to three years into it. So it's mm-hmm. a long commitment. It's not something that you can just drop everything and start and expect to see an income from it. So I think that's the biggest misconception that pe- maybe people have when they see these people start businesses. It's like, oh, like these influencers are making money day one on the first launch. They could be, but they're probably paying off all those expenses it took to start that you didn't even see that was behind the scenes. Um, And then I feel like another aspect that was kind of different is just it's a lot of back end work when you're Mm -hmm. a content creator and it's a long process. When I was filming YouTube videos, I film on Monday, the video goes up by Friday. You know, it's like a quick turnaround or Instagram. You could post it the same day with a business. I worked on the first on the product, the workbook for seven months. I worked on the design, the sampling, the photo shoots, all of that um, behind the scenes. And it was hard because I was used to instant gratification of like, okay, I put in the work today and I see results. I see the views tomorrow or something like that. And with this, it's a long process of just work, work, work. And you know, like, hopefully this, hopefully this works out in the next few months when it launches or in the year when it launches from now. Um, but it's a very different work cycle. I actually really like it though. I, I like having the balance, but I have loved the product side of the business way more than I expected. And that's why I kept doing it. That's why I didn't stop with just that one product launch, the workbook. I came out with journals and sticker sets and we're doing new colors of the journals and digital products. And so I, I found that I actually really love the business side of an e-commerce store, um, but it is different and it is a little bit of a learning curve, a lot of a learning curve, actually. I can imagine. I really want to emphasize um, when you said that it isn't instant gratification with starting your own brand. And I think that is probably the hardest part. Well, one of the hardest parts with starting your own brand. And I would say that's probably where having that inspiration in the beginning is so important because you aren't going to receive receive a return on your investments right away. And if you could go back, what would you do differently or what would you tell yourself then that you know now? 
Mm, okay. I'll give like two broad ones and then one like specific one if someone is out there about to launch a brand. Um, broadly, kind of what I mentioned, like it's going to cost more than you think. Mm. Like expenses just arise out of nowhere. Um, (laughs) You don't think about it, but like to host the emails that you're going to send, to host the website, I use Shopify and just a feature to like add a product color variation so that people can choose a matcha journal over a champagne color journal. That's like $14 a month. You know, it's just little things Mm -hmm. that add up in the end. Um, So that's why you always want to have more in your savings, more ready to go than you think you need. Um, And that's just playing it safe. And then also it takes longer than you're going to expect. There's always delays. You're, you know, um, dependent on other people in the business, like your manufacturers, um, you know, photographers, studio space. If you don't do your own fulfillment, I do my own fulfillment. But if you're using a 3PL or something like that or a warehouse, like you're dependent on them. If they have employees out sick, you know, and can't ship your products out, you have to then deal with the customers. So it's just a lot of time and expense more more than you are allotting for. And just keep that in mind. So give yourself that cushion. What I was mentioning at the beginning when I said I would kind of do things differently now um, is I don't know why, but I kept everything under wraps until launch day. So when I launched the Dream Achieve workbook in June of 2019, people didn't even know what the product was until I was like, okay, it's for sale. Um, I did teasers, like something's coming, obviously, like this is the launch day, this is the time, like check, here's my website. But no one knew the product until it was for sale. Now, as I've witnessed other brands being launched and have tried out different launches myself, I find that usually a two-week window is good. Um, You think maybe you need a month of promoting the product before it's live, but I think people's attention spans and excitement dies after more than two weeks. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching these brands and I'm taking notes personally, like, okay, Durf Avenue did this, Set Active did this, and they're they're teasing the product. They're showing you the benefits, the value you're going to get from it a week and a half out. Um, and then they have like the launch day and people are prepared to purchase on launch day instead of seeing the product for the first time on launch day. So that's just a very tactical tip that I'm learning and trying to implement that I didn't do um, when I first launched the business that I, I would have gone back and done differently. That is such sound advice. And I, it sounds like having a student mindset or a beginner's mindset in entrepreneurship is so important and being open to learning and learning from other brands is really important in your own success within your brand, would you say? Oh, absolutely. Always learning. I mean, I probably every day at work, I Google something of how to do something like in Shopify, how to set up this email campaign differently, how to add a cool effect here. Like I I'm constantly learning, constantly listening to podcasts, reading books. There's just so much to learn, especially having an e-commerce business, being in the digital space. As you know, that changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love, yeah, obviously like Googling and learning, but like you said, I love following other brands. Like I watch their stories more than I do like other influencers or my friends. Like I always love keeping up with brands in different industries mm-hmm. and figuring out like, oh, like I love the photography they did for this. The wording they did on this product description, super cool. Like, I wonder how I can implement that. It's really fun once once you get into it. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So what advice would you have for someone who's maybe doesn't really have an idea of what their brand is going to be, but they know they want to start a brand? What would, what advice would you have someone who is at the very beginning stages of that? And do you think it's necessary for people to have an online presence or a community before launching a brand? To answer your first question, um, if they don't know what they want the business to be yet, try to be super aware, journal morning and night about things that you're witnessing in your own life and in your friend's life and like in strangers' lives. So, you know, let's say you have an interest in drinks, like you love, um, you know, different coffees, matchas, sodas, whatever. Um, and you go to the supermarket and you're taking note of like, what's out there on the shelves. Okay. If I would do this differently, what would I, what would I do? Or like a girl sitting next to you in your college classroom and she has a prebiotic soda and you ask her like, oh, what do you like about that? Or what do you think is different? Like just take all this in around you and figure out a problem and then a way to solve it. That's, mm -hmm. that's literally what entrepreneurship is. Um, like I said, I wanted a book for college students that could help them get their life together. I feel like there was student planners, but they only saw us as just students. It was only like academic focus. And I was like, but students these days do so much. They're working jobs. They're doing extracurriculars. They're in sororities. It's like, we need a book that can help us manage all of that stuff. Um, and I noticed in the first few weeks of my college classes, when the professor set a due date, all the mainly girls, you know, some guys bring out their journals, bring out their planners, physical books in the classroom. And I was like, okay, I'm not the only one still using a physical planner. Like I see it around me. And so I literally started setting up little coffee meetings with friends, new friends I was making um, with older students who were in my major. I was like, can I just, you know, sit, grab a coffee, coffee for you and ask you what you used in college, like what worked for you and doing a ton of product research. So that's really what you have to find. Obviously, um, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a longer process than maybe you want, but find that problem and then do a ton of customer research to figure out how to solve it. To answer your second question of if you feel like you need to have an online presence, it definitely helps. Mm -hmm. um, however, it's not 100% needed. Think of all the amazing brands out there that were started before even influencers were a thing. So you know, it can also go hand in hand if you want to try to grow an, an online presence while growing the brand that's available as well. Um, and it does help to like show your face. People nowadays want to buy from people. They don't want to buy from a faceless brand. So if you can show your face, show your personality, show the why behind it, show how you're doing it. I think people really value that. And that's what I've always tried to do. Um, but you definitely don't have to, you know, there there's other ways to grow a business besides just being an influencer, 100%. <laughs> I definitely am going to re-listen to this and take notes because these gems are so, so powerful. <laughs> now that you are running your own business, you know, creating your content, you're um, balancing all these things. I want to get into your routines and daily habits and things like that. But what does a typical day in your life look like? Yes. So I graduated in last May, 2022. And um, when I did, I feel like I had to reconfigure my schedule. I was so used to being so jam-packed 
with college. I was full college student. Um, and then also YouTube and running a business. I was doing like three things. And when college kind of went away, I was like, okay, I have all this free time. Like it's gonna be so much easier. And I found it actually harder to figure out my Mm -hmm. schedule. And I actually really struggled with figuring out how to balance my days. I was, I struggled with like my mental health more as well. Cause I was working by myself, living alone. Now my roommate moved out of state for a job. And so I was like, okay, I'm by myself all day on my laptop. Like I need to figure out a different routine. And so thankfully now in, in March months later, I feel like I have a better, a better routine under grass, but I really did struggle for like six months there. Um, once I graduated. So I just want to mention that this wasn't something that happened overnight, but what I found for works for me now, my week is broken up um, by days of working on dream daily versus content. So mm-hmm. this semester is my first semester. I have an intern actually. And so she comes in Monday and Wednesday. I also got an office this year, which has been a huge help in having that like mental work-life balance separation. That was also just a struggle. I like didn't have any where to go. And I was like, why do I need to wake up at 7am if I have nowhere to be? Mm-hmm. That's so exciting, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. It, it is exciting. If it, you know, I'll have it as long as it continues to to work for me. But um, yeah, so Monday, Wednesday, she comes in and we meet at the office. We work on just dream daily things from 9am to 3pm. Um, and then I will usually run errands, go to the post office, ship ship off orders that we received. Um, and then I go home and we'll do any editing I need to do. And then we'll usually start my night routine around 5, 6 p.m. And we can go into my exact routines if you want to. But then mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursday is more content. So that's when I'm filming for brands, filming TikToks, vlogging, filming videos. And I have a little bit more flexibility is the word. A little more flexibility since I'm not like sitting at the desk with my intern. So I'll run errands. You know, maybe if I didn't get to grocery shop the weekend before, I'll run to Trader Joe's. Like I love the flexibility of my work there where I can, you know, do what I need to do. And then Fridays are usually up in the air. You know, whatever needs to get done gets done on Friday. Fridays to kind of wrap up the week. And I like to get done early on Fridays because I'm just like burnt out by the end of the week. I'm like, all right, I'm tired of of looking at my computer. So I usually will try to get done with work at like 2 p.m. on Fridays and just enjoy my weekends. That's another thing that I am loving since graduating. When I was in college, I had to do either homework or, you know, editing or stuff on on Saturdays and Sundays. And now um, I get to have that time off. And I really try not to work unless I absolutely have to on the weekends. I love how detailed we're getting with this because this is something that I'm personally still struggling with, with trying to balance it all. So do you find that it's easier to have designated like themes for each day versus trying to do a little bit of content on the same day as working on the brand and things like that? I find so. However, it isn't perfect because Mm -hmm. emails will come in. A brand is like, we need this back by the end of the day. You need to edit this Instagram reel. And I'm like, all right, like I'm supposed to be working on this email campaign for Dream Daily, but I have to take, you know, the hour to kind of finish up the edits and resend them over. So it's not perfect, but Mm -hmm. I try to do that just for my own mental space. And it's really helped with scheduling things. So like podcasts and stuff I do on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Meanwhile, if we're taking content for the Dream Daily Instagram, that's going to happen on a Monday, Wednesday. So it kind of helps me to figure it out in my schedule, but it's not perfect by any means because in this job working for yourself, every day is different. Some people love that. Some people hate it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of just me figuring out how can I add structure into this very chaotic job? (laughs) Yes, I, and I think that's the most important thing is having some sort of structure. Um, I definitely resonated when you said once you graduated, you found it more difficult to have the free time that you did have because I definitely felt the same way when I quit my day job and 
just did content creation full-time at the time I was also doing life coaching and I found it so overwhelming to literally be able to do what I want when I want which sounds so fun and ideal but when it comes to the day-to-day and actually getting things done it's really overwhelming if you don't have that structure set in place and of course it takes time to figure that out and what works for you absolutely oh my gosh what you just said totally resonates yeah and it took me a while to also not feel guilty for cutting work off because you see other people online the you know the hustle culture where it's like oh i i'm editing my youtube video till 1 a.m and i've I've always been a morning person. I'm not a night owl. Like when it hits 5 p.m., I want to eat dinner. I want to watch TV. I want to read. Like I want to have some (laughs) me time. Um, And I would feel guilty. You know, it's like I can keep working, but having those boundaries were like, okay, I don't start work till eight or nine and I don't um, go past 5 p.m. working. It's definitely helpful for your mental health. And it's also tough being a content creator. I think this is something people don't realize is when you show up for a nine to five, you know, you're getting paid for your time Mm -hmm. when you're there. When you're doing content creation, I could spend a whole day working like eight hours and see nothing from those eight hours. You know, mm-hmm. it just the content flops, you know, it wasn't for a brand deal, like the campaigns didn't work out, like all that work, you don't see anything from it. Meanwhile, you can work for two hours and you know, get this huge brand deal done. And you're like, okay, that paycheck pays for all the whole week that I, you know, didn't make any money from all my other time. So it's so up in the air. You never know what to expect. Um and it can be scary. Like that was also something I was like, I have bills to pay. Like li- I live in Nashville. I'm like living in Nashville is expensive and it's all on me. I'm waking up and doing work that makes money to pay the bills. It can, it can be scary. Absolutely. And I think mindset work is a huge part of being an entrepreneur. I read a quote, I don't know the exact quote, but it said something along the lines of starting a journey to be an entrepreneur is like starting your own self-growth journey because the limiting beliefs and the fears that come up when you do that are so real. And I think it goes hand in hand. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I I struggled, like I said, a lot with mental health, with like loneliness, working alone, feeling isolated. But then on the other end, I've been doing so much work in um, having more of an abundance mindset and not Mm. being like, okay, I don't have any brand deals lined up for next month or it's a slow month in sales, like and not panicking. I've like literally tried to do so much work in therapy and journaling and prayer, Mm -hmm. trying to rein in on those intrusive thoughts that come in that send me spiraling. Um, And so so yeah, it's entrepreneurship, how I explain it to people. It's like you have the highest highs and the lowest lows. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be bored. Like it is going to be all or nothing. And those highs feel amazing. You feel like you're on top of the world, like you could do anything. And it's such a boost in confidence and personal growth. But the lows, they'll get you down and you can't stop thinking about it. It's not something you can kind of log off at the end of the day. Yeah. So it, it's a journey for sure. Um, but it's something that that's very rewarding also in the end. So what are some of your routines or your rituals that help you to maintain a healthy mindset and avoid burning out and, you know, balancing all the things that you have to do? So I started creating a morning routine literally early high school. So this is something I've tried, tried different things. I've tried, you know, the millionaire morning routine. I've tried Mm -hmm. not having a morning routine. Sometimes I'm like, you know, we're just going to get up and go. Um, And what I found for me right now, it changes seasonally usually, Mm -hmm. but for right now, I like something very simple in the mornings. Um, I wake up around like 6.30. And so for me, getting out of bed before seven helps me to feel better. That's just me personally, how my Mm -hmm. mind works. 
I drink coffee first thing um, while I journal and I read my Bible devotions. And that's kind of like my little me quiet time in the morning. Um, and then I usually will go, if I have time, I'll go on a quick 20 minute walk, listen to a podcast. While I'm still listening to that podcast, I get back, I start getting ready for the day. I make myself breakfast. I'm huge into making sure I have my meals every day. That's something for me for wellness and for productivity. Like I, I love having my breakfast, lunch, and dinner and some snacks. Like I make that mm -hmm. a huge priority because I know I can't function to my best without, without, <laughs> without my meals. Um, so I make sure I'm prepped for the day and then I literally just, yeah, get ready and pack my bags and I'm, I head out the door to the office or to shoot content. And then my evenings are usually pretty simple. I get home and I usually will um, work out if I didn't in the morning. That's kind of like my end to the day is like I go to the gym and then I get home, shower, um, cook dinner. Sometimes I'll like go over to a friend's house if I feel like I need some socialization. That's also something I've learned like in productivity is having social time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we need that as well. And that's really great for wellness as well as having those friends you can rely on. And then I, I watch TV or a movie and I always read some fiction um, before I turn the lights off. So yeah, it, it's pretty simple, but I love it. And you just have to find things that you love to do that's going to get you out of bed and that's going to make you relax before you go to sleep. I love that you said that because I I think it's so true that not every routine is going to work for everyone, like waking up at 5 a.m. and doing all those things. So I, I do think it's important to find what works for you. I've definitely tried several routines as well. I used to be a 5.30 a.m. girl and that's just not where I am right now. So definitely listening to what you need and what feels good for you, I think is really important. Aside from that, how do you stick to these routines, especially when life is busy and stressful? I think it's easier for me to stick to them. Obviously, when I'm home, like if I'm traveling, mm -hmm. it goes out the window, like I don't touch my journals. <laughs> I wish I did. But um, when I'm in my routine, and I have like designated spaces, like in the morning, I have a little chair by my window that's like, for my journaling coffee time. Um, when I'm home, like I try not to do any work from my bed or my couch because those are like my chill zones. You know, I watch TV on my couch, I'll, I'll eat from my couch or and then I read in my bed. So like I try to have designated zones for productivity versus relaxing. And I feel like that helps me in my mind kind of stick to it. And then also it's easier for me to stick to it because I enjoy the things. Like if mm. I woke up and went for a run, I would not be sticking to that. I would not I would not be dedicated to that because that's not something I enjoy. But waking up and having coffee and reading um, and listening to a podcast and going on a slow walk is something I literally look forward to. So I feel like if you're struggling with sticking to routines, do a little reevaluation, figure out what you actually enjoy, what mm -hmm. actually feels good and, and do more of that. I think that's such a good point to make, finding what you actually like to enjoy. Well, first off, I want to say you provided such wonderful tips on all things. And I know that people are definitely going to take notes on this. And I want to end off this episode with just asking, what are your intentions for the rest of 2023? Oh, that's a good question. For me this year, I knew it was going to be a year of growth. And at least that's what I'm what I'm hoping for. Um, that is a big intention, just growth personally, like I said, working through those mental blocks with entrepreneurship and, mm -hmm. and working for myself, but then also growth, I hope for my business, um, especially, and I'm just so excited for new product launches and being able to pour all my time into, into what I love now that I'm no longer a student. Um, and then also just kind of still figuring out slowly my, my twenties. I'm, I have to remind myself, like I'm only 20. 
23, you can slow down, like go out this weekend, like have fun, like it's okay. Um, you know, that's something that personally I struggle with. And so mm-hmm. reminding myself to enjoy the moment, enjoy the season of life. And it's okay if I'm not, you know, where I see the the women online at with their businesses, because I'm, I'm taking it slowly and trying to do it um, healthily as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that is such an important reminder for all of us. I still too struggle with that as well. I'm 27, but you know, I also have to remind myself that we're all on our own timelines and it's okay if you're in a season where things are a little bit slow. So I think a lot of us can relate to that. Where can people keep up with you and, you know, find you? Yeah. Um, I would love to chat with any of you guys. If you have questions, my DMs are always open. My personal Instagram is Miss Hannah Ashton, M-I-S-S Hannah Ashton. YouTube's just Hannah Ashton. Uh, my business is shopdreamdaily.com as well as shopdreamdaily on TikTok and Instagram. Perfect. I will be sure to leave that linked in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. I love the chatting. Um, th- these always inspire me. Like I always get something out of having these conversations. Thank you. Like I said, I definitely am going to be re-listening and taking notes because I definitely learned quite a few things. I'm so glad. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hannah. It was so great chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation with Hannah Ashton today, the founder of Dream Daily. Hannah has shared some valuable insights on how to start your own brand, take ownership of it, and maintain a healthy and productive lifestyle. So if you're interested in checking out more of Hannah, definitely check out her YouTube channel, her Dream Daily website for more inspiration and resources. I will be sure to link all of that down below. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. And don't forget to to check out our sponsors for today's episode that is all i have to say and i hope you all have a great rest of your week as always until next time remember to just glow with it as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.